There are some new names reportedly in the mix for this offensive coordinator job. And if Mario Cristobal is really considering some of these candidates, maybe he's thinking farther outside the box than we gave him credit for. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And you want to get started certainly within the next two days because we all know what's happening this Sunday. Uh, But we're going to talk about some of the numbers later according to FanDuel. But we got to talk about this offensive coordinator search. So there are some new names to explore for the next Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator. And as I mentioned at the top, if a couple of these reported candidates are actually candidates maybe Mario Cristobal is not married to a power spread or pro style Uh, he might actually be willing to consider some individuals who have an air raid background which is a little surprising to me but at least one of these names that I'm going to mention is uh, confirmed by a good reporter to be interviewing this coming weekend. So let's talk about it. And that first name I want to bring up, Houston Cougars offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson. He learned under Hal Mummy and Dana Holgerson, air raid. Dawson is reportedly interviewing for the job this weekend, according to David Lake at 24-7 Sports. David is very good at what he does. Make sure you check out his work and support his work. He and Gabby Arruti do an awesome job. So uh, I like I like Dawson a lot. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see anyone uh, with an air raid background uh, as actually confirmed interviews for this job. Shannon Dawson, 45 years old. So in coaching circles, he's still on the young side. You can still consider him an up-and-comer, and he's got a good resume. You know, despite Dawson's air raid background, he is known for having a strong emphasis on the line of scrimmage. So that part of his philosophy does, of course, match up very well with Mario Cristobal, matches up with the way that Mario and Miami are recruiting, where they are loading up with elite offensive linemen, which I love. We should all love that. Uh, and as I mentioned, Dawson's resume looks really good. It's downright impressive. So Shannon Dawson was the offensive coordinator at West Virginia for three years under Holgerson. That was a little earlier in his career, like seven, eight, nine years ago. Uh, The Mountaineers during his time there had a top 12 offense in the country and put up 500 yards per game in his final season there. It took Miami under Gaddis like three games to put up 500 yards sometimes. So I would take that. After West Virginia, where he was successful there, Dawson had stops as OC in Kentucky, where he only lasted one year there. Uh, Southern Miss, he was there for a while before getting to Houston. He's done very well at Houston. So let me compare some of the Houston Cougars offensive numbers last year to some of the Miami Hurricanes offensive numbers last year, okay? Last season, Houston ranked a very respectable 25th in the country with 455.8 yards per game. Miami, meanwhile, ranked 86th in the country with 367 yards per game. Houston was 16th in scoring last year at 36.1 points per game. 
Miami ranked 97th in the country in scoring at 23.6 points per game. But remember, that includes Bethune-Cookman. If you took Bethune-Cookman out of it, Miami only scored, uh, I think, against uh, uh, Division One. what do we call them, FBS teams. They averaged uh, 19.4 points per game. Uh, Houston last year under Dawson ranked 24th in third down conversion percentage at 45.8%. That's really good. Uh, Miami was actually not terrible in that category. They were just bang average in that category. Miami was 51st uh, compared to Houston's 24th in converting third downs at 40% for Miami last year. So Shannon Dawson, um, in addition to being an offensive coordinator, he's a quarterback's coach. That is most of his stops as OC. He has also doubled as the quarterback's coach. So if he does come to Miami, if he's offered the job and accepting the job, that would likely be the role that he would fill here. And I know a lot of us like that idea of your offensive coordinator doubling as your quarterback's coach. And if that were the case, then Miami would find a wide receivers coach to fill out the offensive staff and hopefully Dawson or whoever gets the job could be part of that process of hiring a wide receivers coach, right? The same way that Lance Gidry, the new defensive coordinator, is going to have an opportunity to collaborate with Mario on hiring a new linebackers coach or promoting a new linebackers coach. I would hope that the OC would have the opportunity to help fill out the last part of the offensive staff as well. So, um, yeah, again, uh, reported uh, by David Lake, who's very, very good, that Houston Cougars OC Shannon Dawson is going to be interviewing this weekend. Now, here's another name. I don't know if or when he's interviewing or if he has already or if he will ever interview. But for what it's worth, the guys at the Miami Rivals site, Canes County, are bringing up the name Seth Luttrell. Former North Texas head coach Seth Luttrell, according to them, is a name to watch here. And I wanted to bring him up because this is another guy with an air raid background. Now, this is not the first time you've seen Seth Luttrell's name. If you're busy, you know, reading Kane's Twitter and all that, and you've seen some of the hot boards on the various websites, you've probably seen Luttrell mentioned before. Uh, this is probably the most substantial report I've seen behind him, though. Uh, he's another air raid guy. He learned under Mike Leach. May he rest in peace. Uh, he learned under Mike Leach at Texas Tech. Latrell started his coaching career there as uh, the running backs coach. Seth Latrell, similar age to Shannon Dawson, 44 years old, so young-ish for coaches. He's, you know, a guy that's on the rise. He also worked under Larry Fedora at North Carolina before getting the head coaching gig at North Texas, where he did pretty well. Um, he was there for seven seasons. He got fired last year. Despite a winning record and a bowl appearance, they actually lost in their conference championship game. So, you know, they, they had a decent season, but I, I guess, you know, after seven years and things weren't like rocketing to the moon, they decided to go in a different direction there. But North Texas's offense was certainly not the problem. Uh, they had the 28th ranked scoring offense last year, 33.8 points per game. So significantly, you know, obviously different competition played, that's for sure. But they scored significantly more points than Miami did last year. And the North Texas Mean Green ranked 21st in total offense at 461.8 yards per game. And remember, that is compared to Miami's... Uh, 367 yards per game so uh, in addition to those names uh, going back to a 24-7 report uh, they shared some insight on who's reportedly already interviewed for the job or is interviewing um, you know and here's an important note before we talk about that guys 
there very well could be, and I imagine there are several other names who have interviewed for this job that no one even knows about. Because just because certain names might have leaked doesn't mean all the names have leaked. Because from my understanding, talking to someone close to Cristobal, Mario Cristobal, he is only involving agents and a very close inner circle of confidants on this search. And he is not conducting interviews on campus, probably conducting them from his home to avoid eyewitnesses on who's coming and going. So it's not like you've got like a parade of, uh, of candidates walking in and out of the Schwartz Center. It's just not going down that way. This is being conducted in it's being conducted from a bunker, this search. OK, but here's some names that have reportedly interviewed uh, per Lake at 24 seven. Former Clemson OC Brandon Streeter has interviewed. Now, that, that seems more like the traditional type that Mario would go after. You know, he was just fired at Clemson, replaced by Garrett Riley, which I think was an inspired hire by Clemson. But, you know, Clemson's offense, by their standards, didn't have a great year last year. But honestly, uh, I feel like their quarterback situation had a lot to do with that. If they had gone to Cade Klubnick earlier, I think that might have even saved Streeter's job because Weungalele was very hot and cold, more cold than hot last year. Uh, so Brandon Streeter has reportedly interviewed. Someone who reportedly has interviewed as recently as yesterday, Thursday, is a name we've brought up 10 freaking thousand times on this show, James Coley. James Coley reportedly interviewed on Thursday. Uh, and I know that Coley, he doesn't have like an inspiring resume as a play caller. But there's a reason why Coley keeps turning up at big jobs in recent years, why he ends up at places like Georgia and Texas A&M. And that's because he's an excellent recruiter. I also think uh, as just as an on-field coach, I, I think he's a really good teacher. Maybe he's not the best play caller because there's not really evidence on his resume that he is a great play caller. But he's a great recruiter. I think he's a good coach. And also remember with James Coley, if he is hired, it may not necessarily be for offensive coordinator. Like he he could come as a pair with someone else. Like maybe you bring in an OC quarterbacks coach, and then you also bring on James Coley to be a wide receivers coach, because that's been one of the most successful positions he's held over the years. We know Coley has worked with Cristobal before at FIU. He's worked at Miami before, and he's got ties to the area. He's great recruiting down here. So that's something to keep in mind on James Coley. Um, elsewhere on the defensive side of the football, got a couple of updated notes on Charlie Strong. We did a breaking news video on Strong yesterday, like right when the story was breaking that he wouldn't be back. We now have further insight on this, thanks to ESPN. So Charlie Strong told ESPN's Chris Lowe, quote, Coach Cristobal and the program made a decision to go in a different direction, so it's time now for me to go in a different direction. So what Strong is essentially saying there is exactly what we suspected here on Locked on Canes, that since Miami didn't name him defensive coordinator, they went outside and hired Lance Guidry. Uh, Charlie Strong and being passed over for that, he feels like his time here is done. And you know what? I can respect that. The man is 62 years old. He's trying to reclimb that ladder, Okay. And if he's not climbing that ladder here, it's best to find another ladder elsewhere to climb. Because I know, and Charlie Strong's already accomplished a lot. He's been a successful defensive coordinator. He's been a head coach at multiple stops. Now he's a position coach. I imagine he'd like to get back at least to be a defensive coordinator before he retires someday. Um, 
if, if he's not climbing up the ladder here, go find another ladder to climb. Um, you know, I, I was a little bit surprised because I, I thought Strong would be a strong, for lack of a better word, candidate for the defensive coordinator job here. He wasn't even interviewed for that job, according to ESPN. So clearly, Cristobal was not inspired by that option, or maybe perhaps Cristobal already knew that Strong, you know, might be looking to leave. I, I think that Charlie may have a really soft landing and end up at Alabama because he's been reportedly offered a job at Bama. So with Charlie Strong out the door, uh, that opens up a spot on the coaching staff, right? So I will keep my eyes out for Jason Taylor, possibly getting promoted to an on-field role. He's currently a defensive analyst. He might be next in line, JT. Now, if any other shakeups happen, Demarcus Van Dyke, we love Coach DVD. I think he's also very deserving of a, of a promotion. My hunch is Jason Taylor might get the opportunity first before Demarcus Van Dyke. That's just my educated opinion based on uh, what I'm hearing and what I've been told. So we got a treat for you guys, a show favorite. And I'm going to say it again. I'm going to double down. I think she's a legendary Miami Hurricanes fan, Hoodie Girl. Melissa, a.k.a. Hoodie Girl, is going to join us next here on Locked on Canes. Folks, make sure you're taking advantage this week of all weeks of FanDuel. I mean, my goodness, guys, this year the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, to point spreads to who will score a touchdown and folks that's one of the ones that i like here if you go through the player props you can get uh anytime touchdown score i like travis kelsey at minus 125 you might have even gotten that at minus 115 if you if you bet on it the other day travis kelsey i i don't even think the chiefs are going to win but i am convinced kelsey is going to score a touchdown so travis kelsey minus 125 anytime touchdown score I like the Philadelphia Eagles, though, to win the game. So I'm taking the Eagles minus 1.5. And hot tip, I'm taking the under on the Chris Stapleton National Anthem, that it's going to go under, not over for the National Anthem. So you've got a lot of props to keep an eye on. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen to your first watch. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. As promised, we promise things on Locked On Canes, we deliver. Hoodie Girl is in the house. Melissa is here. I referred to you, Melissa, and I will double down on it. Legendary Miami Hurricanes fan. You've earned legendary status. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am good. It's a little early in the morning, but I get up early for any type of Canes uh, conversation. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. So just to take people behind the curtain, Melissa works overnight shift. So, you know, I I, I basically uh, I, I begged her to wake up early to to do the show with us today. And, and here she is, as promised. Now, Melissa, I, I wanted to start here and we're, we are going to talk hoops with you. Don't worry, because you are the biggest hoops aficionado that I know when it comes to Miami Hurricanes basketball. Um, but I want to start with some football stuff, because 
I see frustration among Miami Hurricane fans. I think soon we're going to have a guy, but we still don't have an offensive coordinator. You know, it's been a couple weeks since Gaddis was shown the door. But even before Josh Gaddis was fired, we knew for months here on Locked on Canes that he likely wasn't going to be back next year. And yet the OC search has taken a really, really long time. Are you losing any faith in Mario Cristobal? And are you kind of disillusioned just by how long some of these staff changes are taking? Um, well, considering how quickly he got the defensive coordinator, but no, I'm, I mean, the, mo- the loafers move in silence. I say that all the time on Twitter. Um, he didn't hire Josh Gaddis until February 9th last year. So I was kind of hoping we would get one yesterday because I was like, oh, do it on the anniversary. I mean, yeah, we did know he was leaving. Obviously, none of us know what's going on behind the scenes, but Mario knows he can't mess this up twice. Like, this needs to be someone that hopefully he's going to stick around for a while uh, so all the new quarterbacks come in and can get used to the scheme, and we need to have a way more productive offense. So can I see why Canes fans would be frustrated? Yes. But we need the right guy. So hopefully we have someone installed by spring ball, uh, which is soon. Uh, But, no, I'm not frustrated because Mario Mario just – I mean, in all likelihood, he might even have a guy and none of us know about it yet. I mean, he's just super quiet. He plays close to the vest, so I'm not worried about it. And then every day they keep throwing out different names, so I'm trying to keep my hype to a minimum until we know who it is. Yeah, the the way that this search has been described to me by someone who's familiar uh, with Cristobal is that he's basically doing it from a bat cave. Like he's not, he's not having people come to campus and like interview at his office. Cause then, you know, the, the paparazzi, you know, if you've got like if I was hiding in the bushes down there at the Hex center or the Schwartz center, I could see who's coming in and out, but he's probably doing this from his home. Um, You know, he's only involving, obviously you have to involve agents because that's just the way that this works, but a really small inner circle. So, I think that's why there have been very, very few leaks. And and what was interesting, because I was talking about this uh, right before you came on, Melissa, a couple of the candidates now being thrown around are guys who come from air raid backgrounds. So it's like, I I know everyone's thinking like, oh, Mario's just going to hire, you know, one of these guys he worked with before, like Arroyo from Oregon. They just want to run this power spread. You know, they don't want to bring the offense into the 21st century, but you know, if people like Seth Luttrell and Shannon Dawson, who come from air raid backgrounds, are involved, we might see Mario actually thinking farther outside the box than a lot of us expected. I mean, yeah, and then we could laugh at Oregon fans because they're like, oh, Mario's going to do what he wants to do and he's going to tell them what to do. I mean, I'd be pretty shocked if we had like a full-blown air raid offense. Yeah, but the same. fact that he's been trying to get Jason Candle gives me some hope that he's willing to maybe – budge a little bit on this like power spread run the ball a lot type of offense I mean we're building up the trenches our offensive line is going to be massively improved from last season assuming we can stay healthy Mm. uh but Jason Candle runs a much more balanced offense which would be great because I mean we saw what TVD could do you know the year before so hopefully we can get back to that and with an with an offensive line and so a running back room that appears to be stacked and some good wide receivers coming back. I think we could have a really good year on offense. We just need the right guy. 
I agree 1000%. Now, um, last football thing I have to ask you before we talk some hoops. Uh, now, I will say this is not Canes related, but I'm a big Miami Dolphins fan. I'll say congratulations to Zach Thomas. I, I was like, I was like emotional when I found out that he's going into the Hall of Fame finally because he's gotten right to the cusp yeah. of it so many times. So I feel so I'm, good for Zach. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a Dolphins fan, actually. I mean, I'm happy for Zach Thomas. I do follow them because I live in Miami, but I'm a, I'm actually a Cowboys fan. So I'm probably going to get a ton of comments in the chat now. Um, so I was super happy for DeMarcus Ware because he was a big yeah. guy on our defense for a long time. Uh, but I know where you're going with this and uh, the snubs that happened with some Canes last night, especially um, Devin Hester. Yeah. How he wasn't a first ballot is beyond me, considering he was probably, I would say arguably, but I, I, I don't even think it's arguable at this point, the best special teams return man in sports history. How first of all got snubbed on the first ballot and then again is beyond me. And then, I mean Reggie Wayne, man. I I mean and Andre Johnson too, but Reggie Wayne. I mean I've just I love that guy. I just I can't believe it. It's just the snubs that happened last night. One of those guys, if not two of them, should have been in last night. Uh, but I think they all get their chance and they all get in eventually. But I guess we're just gonna have to be more patient. But Devin Hester for sure. How he's not in yet. I was on multiple social media platforms yeah. last night complaining. Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> you were on like, what was it? I, I saw I saw you on Twitter about it. I agree wholeheartedly. I was on Twitter. I was on Instagram talking with a couple of Miami pages that I follow, and we were complaining about it. And then uh, just on on Facebook too, even. And I don't even use my Facebook that much, but I was complaining everywhere I could that that Devin Hester got snubbed. That's just uh, it hurts my soul. It does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw and, and I, I was I was in school there right during I think I was there every year that Devin Hester played and it was just absolutely electric right from his first uh, kickoff return touchdown against Florida to the return that he had uh, against Louisville, which was one of the most electric things ever. I mean, the guy just absolutely special. Uh, you know who else is special? The Miami Hurricanes hoops teams, the men's and women's teams. We're going to talk some hoops with Hoodie Girl when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Make sure for your second listen, you guys check out Locked on College Basketball. Brand new podcast here on the Locked on Network with experts Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, both great dudes. They bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one of the greatest uh, moments of uh, 2023 so far for me was watching Miami just stomp Duke. So I got to ask you, Melissa, were you able to watch it? Because I, I brought you up yesterday because you were like trying to find the game on demand, but ESPN had like deleted it from the records because they don't like to see Duke get embarrassed. Were you able to actually watch the game? ESP, ESPN, you actually re-aired re it the following afternoon. So I actually oh, have to God. wait, but I recorded that version. I've learned my lesson. I'm going to DVR the games from now on. But generally, I can find it on the ESPN app on demand, so I never have an issue rewatching games because a lot of them are at night and I'm at work. Uh, but no, I, I rewatched the whole thing. I've actually rewatched it a few times, and then I went back and I rewatched the 2013 Miami Duke game when we destroyed them by like 40 yeah. points at home because that's one of my favorite games to watch. So like when I'm in a good mood and I'm doing some other stuff like at home, I'll have that on in the background just so I can see like Shane Larkin and Duran Scott like slap the floor and. Yes. And, and, I mean, that game was even more insane because they were ranked one and I was there. But like 
Duke's not as good this year. They're kind of like borderline ranked, not ranked. They're ranked in some polls and not in others. But anytime you can stomp Duke, I mean, especially because they beat us by two at Cameron Indoor a few weeks ago. And yeah. we honestly should have won that game. We kind of shot ourselves in the foot that game. So I, that's a huge win for us. And, you know, still 13-0 at home. Yeah, which is remarkable. Um, and they're they're going to be at home on Saturday tomorrow against Louisville, who they they demolished Louisville the first time they played them this year. Yeah, yeah. I was talking with with our friend Brian Smith yesterday that I, I guess for this second Louisville matchup, you've got to hope that this isn't like a trap game because then you know you Hang go over. to Chapel Hill yeah. a couple of days later. So don't don't overlook this game. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed. They improve to fourteen and zero at home this week. Yeah, and we need the same atmosphere there uh, like we did against Duke. Uh, they're doing a special, uh, like, $13 tickets because we're 13-0 and at home, and it's, and it's a Saturday night game. So hopefully we keep that same atmosphere because, I mean, I could even hear it on the television. Like, yeah. it was loud. So, and the players mention it every single interview. If you watch any of their post-game preferences, like they, the press conferences, and Jordan Miller mentioned it right after about how crazy the crowd was, like, I mean, that place gets rowdy if people show up. I mean, yes. I, basketball, we're a basketball school right now. And then the women's, <laughs> team, the women's team yesterday, man, coming back and beating a ranked FSU team. I mean, that was a fun game. You know, it's the, the basketball thing. It, it always makes me laugh because like 10 years ago, I was doing radio with uh, with a former Hurricanes football player, uh, Dan Cilio, who's he is, he's I love him, but he's he's a little out of his mind. And like, you know, this was actually I was working with him the year you talked about that Duke game from 2013. That was the year that I worked with Cilio. And, you know, the football team was not doing so well that year under Al Golden basketball team was doing great. And Cilio, like, he didn't want the basketball team to be good if the football team wasn't. Like, it was weird. He was like, this is a basketball school now. Like, he was mad. Like, he didn't want, like, he was a, a hurricane guy, but he didn't want the basketball team to be good because the football team wasn't good. That's, like, the most ridiculous thing. That year was special. And yeah. I, I feel like we would have gone further that year. But the night before our Sweet 16 matchup, Shane Larkin had, like, food poisoning or something. And you could tell. I about that. He wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I was at Sports Girl watching that game with friends, the Sweet 16 game, and I was just so sad because I've been a season ticket holder for Canes Hoop since I graduated in 2008. And uh, me and my crew back then, we were at every game when it was empty. Like, you could hear us yelling at players because there was nobody there. Mm -hmm. uh, so and when we made the Elite Eight last year, I mean, we were texting that, like, we're like, we deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> we finally, we deserve this. We've been fans for so long when nobody was paying attention. Now, let me ask you this. How did the, the how was the hoodie girl persona born? Have you always been wearing hoodies your whole life? Was it like kind of an accident? You happen to be wearing a hoodie and you got on TV or on the Jumbotron? Like, where did the hoodie girl thing start? I mean, I grew up in South Florida, but I love hoodies. So it's kind of weird. Uh, but the, the hoodie girl nickname and persona, I got to shout out Coach Coop for that one and welcome him back, back to YouTube. Yes. He posted a few new videos, but um. I tweeted at him after randomly watching one of his videos because it popped up on my YouTube algorithm. I had no idea who he was at the time. And I watched a couple of his videos and he was wearing like this bright blue Adidas hoodie. I'm like, that's a really sick hoodie. And like, I tweeted at him saying like, yo, I love this hoodie, like great show or whatever. And I didn't expect him to tweet me back because at that time, like I didn't know like the whole YouTube vlog scene. 
Um, and he tweeted me back and it started a conversation and that's kind of how the hoodie thing got started. And I ended up calling into one of his shows and kind of just blown up from there. Uh, but no, Coop's the man. And, uh, so welcome back, Coop. It's good to have you back on YouTube, man. Um, but yeah, that's how the hoodie thing got started. And now it's kind of just my thing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. And, and I'm glad you threw the shout out for Coop. God bless you, brother. I know that uh, Coop, Coop recently came. He went through a really, really tough time in his life and went through. He's still going through it, but he he's decided to start making content again because he mentioned something and this hits home with me as well about how like being back like making videos like it can be therapeutic like if you're going through a tough time it, it can you know because he's doing what he loves right I mean he, he loves what he does making content so uh, I'm hoping that he's finding some of that joy and some of that peace in his life again and so huge huge shout out and Melissa huge shout out to you for taking the time everyone make sure you follow her at the cooler Mel B on Twitter uh, and check out uh, the, the hoodie girl thing. The, the legend continues to grow. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'll come back anytime you want. We'll talk more basketball after we uh, make the final four. Oh, your mouth to God's <laughs> ears. That'll do it for this episode. We'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.